Welcome to the audio ministry of Love Foundation Christian Center, a place to find God's love. Pastors Osage and Bridget Airboard teach the word with simplicity and truth. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message inspires and encourages you. Enjoy the message. I'm talking about fixing the broken hearts. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Fixing the broken heart. Fixing the broken heart. So we're going to be fixing some break, broken hearts today. Hallelujah. I know some people say, yeah, yeah, let's fix some broken hearts. They don't even know their own hearts is broken. <laughs> so get ready. There will be some broken hearts fixed today. Amen. Uh, today is our first Sunday. We have what we call the Holy Ghost service, which is also a healing service. And so if you are here, you're sick, be ready to receive healing in Jesus' name. <clears throat> if you are watching from home, get ready to be healed in Jesus' name. If you are watching after the fact, you're watching days and weeks after, the anointing is still the same. But get ready to be healed in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. However, there's something better than healing. What's that? Divine health. You say, what's that? Divine health means you don't need to be healed because you are not sick. You're, you're, you're walking in health every day. And that's the better way to live. Amen. Now, healing is not bad. The Bible says healing in the children's bread. People, are, people, when they get sick, they ought to be healed. But Jesus was never sick. Amen. Jesus was never sick, so he never needed healing. And he said, as he is, so are we in this world. So we ought never to be sick. When symptoms try to show up, we resist it quickly. Amen. We don't spend three days wondering, what is this? Why did it come? Is it what I did last summer? No, we just resist it, rebuke it, drive it out. Amen. Amen. If it comes to our loved ones, we lay hands on them, pour oil on them, and drive it out. We don't play with sickness and disease. Amen. 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 And this season where a lot of people are concerned uh, with us because of what they call the pandemic, we have power over all manner of sickness and disease. The word of God is stronger than COVID-19. Hallelujah. And so we are not afraid. Are you afraid? I said, are you afraid? Are you afraid of COVID-19? No, we're not afraid. We're not afraid. I heard somebody say recently, you're not afraid because you don't watch CNN. The person should begin to rejoice. Praise God. (laughs) Yeah, I shouldn't be afraid. I stay away from negative news and I listen to positive ones. Luke chapter number 4, verse 18, the Bible says, And Jesus Christ being... Okay, that's verse 1. Let's go to verse 18 for time. Let's start from 17 then. The Bible says, And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found a place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And that's what we're talking about today more. Fixing the broken hearts. To preach deliverance to the captives. And recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book and... He gave it again to the minister and sat down 
And the eyes of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Somebody say amen. amen. Give me a little bit more volume. I don't want to shout. I want to preserve my voice. Amen. That's why we have microphones, right? So that we don't have to strain. Praise God. So, one of the things I just want us to look at today is what does it mean to have a broken heart? And how can it be fixed? Now, many of us know what happened in Genesis. The Bible says, God said, let's create man. Let's make man in our own image and in our own likeness and let him have dominion. And the Bible says, God created man in his own image and his own likeness. Uh, if you read 1 Thessalonians 5.23, the Bible makes us know also that we are created a tripartite being like God. We are spirit, we are souls, and bodies. We, have, we are spirit beings, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And uh, the most important part is the spirit. The Bible says God is a spirit. And they that worship him was what? Worship him in spirit and in truth. But the Bible tells us in chapter number 3 of Genesis that Satan came and tempted man, and man fell. Man fell from the glory of God. And man that was made rich, made healthy, made strong, uh, man began to be introduced to sickness and disease. There was no sickness in the garden before Adam's, Adam's sin. We don't know how long Adam lived in the garden before he fell. Maybe, maybe 50 years, maybe 20, we don't know. But uh, the Bible doesn't give us that account. It just said God said to him not to eat of uh, one of the trees that were in the, garden, in the center. There were two of them, the tree of life, and then the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I don't know why Satan didn't tempt him to eat of the tree of life. Instead, he tempted him to eat of the one God says he should not eat. That's what sin does. Sin, sin wants you to do what God says not to do. He says, stolen water is sweet. The one that you bought or is free is not as sweet as the stolen one. Because he wants to get the person into trouble. And so, Adam sinned and fell short of the glory of God and took the whole human race along with him. And man that used to be so powerful, so wise. So anointed, so much in authority. In short, the Bible says that when God created the animals, God brought it to Adam to see what he would name them. Uh, some, some, he, some Hebrew scholars make us see that that meant that God brought it for that Adam would describe the characteristics of that animal. So when we look at lion, we think that God just made it. Man was a part of the creation. Amen. Hallelujah. It was man that said, this should be called giraffe. I think his neck should be long. And, and there was some characteristics that man pronounced into those animals. Because we were, we were sons of God. We had the creative abilities of God. But when man sinned, his spirit become, became severed from God. He became broken. When the Bible talks about a broken heart, it's not just talking about you know, uh, what they call nervous breakdown. And, and people who have nervous breakdown, no nerve actually breaks down. It's just a figure of speech. Praise God. <laughs> but what the Bible refers as a broken heart is a man whose his spirit is not operating properly or the soul and the body is not properly aligned to a spirit. So the, the system that God had put into operation is broken. Is broken. 
And that's what happened to Adam when he fell. He became brokenhearted. His spirit was broken. And that's where sickness and disease comes from. And if a man's heart is broken, it will lead to sickness and disease. In short, science tells us today that a large percentage of what you may call organic sicknesses, physical sicknesses, come from stress, come from the heart. If the man is sad, is depressed, is discouraged, the wife left him and he has not been able to eat very well since then, he will, he will become prone to other forms of sickness and diseases. In short, all sicknesses and all diseases actually comes from a broken heart. So if we can fix the, break, the broken heart, we can fix all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. And that's why we want to look at how to fix a broken heart this morning. I'm not going to be long. Again, my length is not necessarily your length, so just follow me. Praise God. Moreover, what are you going to do if you live here in a hurry? Probably go and watch Super... Is today Super Bowl? Oh, I didn't know that. Praise God. Thank God we talked about put God first last Sunday. This could be a good test for it. You love God more than the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> Hallelujah! Glory to God. And God said to them, give me your Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> All right, fixing the broken heart. So here, let's go back to Luke 4. The Bible says that Jesus Christ came. So by the time Jesus Christ came, the world was a broken place. People were sad, discouraged. The Bible says that people sat in darkness, and those that sat in darkness saw a marvelous light. And then Jesus Christ said, the Spirit of God is upon me, verse 18 again, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. You know, one of the ways I learn scriptures is to go and examine some of these words. You know, we, we say it all the time, but sometimes we really don't take time to look at it to see what it means. The word poor there actually comes from a Greek word that means to be reduced to beggary, to be a beggar, to asking alms, or to be destitute of wealth of or influence or position or honor. If you have no influence... You don't have any position or honor. You're poor. You're poor. So the Bible says here, Jesus Christ said, I've come to preach the good news to the poor. So one of the things that happened to Adam when he fell, when, when, when he lost his relationship with God, is that he became poor. He lost his position of authority, his position of influence. He's lost his wealth. He lost the garden of Eden. And so he became poor. Poverty was never God's will. In short, the Bible makes us see that poverty is a cause. And so Jesus came to redeem us from poverty to wealth. Every born again Christian ought to be rich. Somebody say hallelujah. You ought to own property. You know, God told the children of Israel, he said, he said, I'm taking you to a land flowing with milk and honey. And he made sure that every family had property. They were not living in rent. Every family. And the Bible said that this covenant is better than the old. In the old covenant, 
every single Israelite had a property, had property. And they were not allowed to serve and work as servants. It was against the word of God. And when they did, because they made some mistakes, they made some poor decisions, the Bible said that there was the year of Jubilee and everybody that was a servant was released back to their property to make sure that no one was a perpetual servant. So the maximum you are allowed to work a nine-to-five job for for somebody else is seven years. Let me come this way. People are not... After seven years, you need to be released. That was the old covenant. Now you don't even have to work for that seven years. Because Jubilee is today. Jubilee is today. Jubilee is today. But I prayed and I believe that we are not just going to be hearing these things as hearers alone. We're going to have to put it to work. Amen. Amen. We're going to have to renew our mind and and cause our thinking to change and begin to see ourselves different. Listen, the work is not external. If we can change the way we think, the things that we're looking for, we will begin to see them. Praise God. How many of you know that if if you buy a Range Rover, suddenly you begin to see a lot of Range Rovers on the street? Were they there before? How come you didn't see them before? Because you have not received one. Your mind was confined. You couldn't see them. So there are many things that are around you, many opportunities, many ways to get money. People cannot see because their mind is locked on. I owe, I owe. Off to work, I go. I got to pay my bills. Lord, just give me a regular job. A job. No, it's not wrong. That's, that's a good place to start. Maybe not a good place. That is a place to start. Let me remove the good. But you can't stay there for too long. You can't stay there for too long. You can't retire and depend on social security to take care of your bills. You will quickly fit into this definition of poverty. Reduce to beggary. Destitute of wealth and influence and honor. Addition is helpless, powerless to accomplish an end. Someone who is needy is referred to as poor. And God said the gospel is to the poor. And that means to release them from poverty. Poverty is not of God. And the Bible says, who has believed and report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Believing is not the same thing as agreeing. Agreeing may be a pathway to believing, but believing is an act. Faith is an act. It's something you do because you believe that is defined as faith. It's not just because you agree with it. Many people agree with it. They, they say, yeah, pastor, it's the truth. We are not, nobody's supposed to be poor. But they have stayed the same place for years. Haven't done nothing about the word. They are not walking by faith. Amen. My challenge is to jack you out of that position. Prosperity is yours. Amen. There's enough wealth in this world. Yes, sir. People are wasting money. 
Praise God. I said, praise the Lord. People are wasting money for unnecessary things. Why believers who are sons are looking for money just to pay their groceries, their bills, or their electric bills. It is changing. This is changing. As we are talking now, it's changing. Because people are changing their mind. You have to make up your mind. This is not my portion. I'm not going to live like this. I'm not going to stay this way. I'm not going to have to depend on a paycheck to survive. I'm going to believe God for multiple, multiple streams and avenues of income. I'm going to step out of this box and break the box. I'm going to live by faith. And then he said, he has sent, I'm sent to heal the brokenhearted. In short, one reason why people are poor is because they are brokenhearted. One reason why people are sick is because they are brokenhearted. Now, again, wow, praise the name of God. There are many signs of a broken heart. Because a broken heart is a heart or a spirit man. The Bible calls the heart, the, the inward man of the heart. Let's, let's look at First Peter because not everybody comes to Bible study. So we may just show some scriptures, some of these things we have dealt with in the Bible study. First Peter 3. Hallelujah. Glory to God. First Peter 3, 3. Quickly. Can you find it? First Peter chapter number 3, verse 3. He said, whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of the plating the hair and of the wearing of gold and of the putting on of apparel. We have explained that before, right? God is not saying you should not plait your hair or wear gold. If he was saying that, he's also saying you should not what? wear clothes. He's just saying don't let your beauty be dependent on that. That is too external, too super, superficial. Uh, it's, not, it's not more than skin deep. Your joy, your beauty, your life should come from an inward beauty. Somebody say hallelujah. He said, let it be the hidden man of the heart. The hidden man of the heart. So there's a man hidden in every person. Even a woman has a man hidden inside. Let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which in the sight of God of great prize. So the Bible says, let your beauty be inside. So if you want to change things, you have to change from the inside. And that's why many times people start to try to change it externally. They do plastic surgery. They do all kinds of stuff. But real beauty comes from the inside. The same thing, people try to change poverty uh, by trying to change everything and, and struggle on the outside. But real prosperity comes from the inside. If you become rich in your heart, in your thinking, wealth will find their way to you. Amen. You become rich. You can't be poor. They asked Ford one time, so what will happen if, 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 if there was a disaster and all that you have earned, all your factories are destroyed, what do you do? He said, I will be rebuilt again because it came from inside of me. The wealth is not on the outside, it's from the inside. And the Bible is saying here that, that, that let your personality, the source of your life, be from the inside. Out. So if the broken heart is healed or fixed or mended, the, from the heart, the Bible says, comes all the issues of life. 
Let's look at that to Proverbs chapter number 4. The Bible says that, he said, we should guard your heart with all diligence. Praise the Lord. Because your heart is your spirit man. It's the inward man from where everything comes from. He said, for out of it comes the issues of life. Somebody say, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter number 4. Verse 23, he said, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Some translation says you should keep your heart, for out of your heart comes the boundaries of your life. So the amount of wealth that will come to you is not dependent on your education, it's dependent on the limitation that you have set in your heart. And people don't know they have set limitations. There are some things they just can't see themselves having. There are some places they don't see themselves going. And because of that, they cannot go there. So the limitations are set on the inside. So if you want to get richer, if you want to get stronger, you have to increase the boundaries that has been set. But some hearts are broken. And so they cannot change that. Some don't even know they have the ability. They just leave. From hand to mouth, they look around and they live from external. They live according to how they feel. They live according to the limitations that are set. They look at their skin and say, oh, I'm black. I cannot succeed in a, in, in a developed country where they are white because my, my color will hinder me. They are living from the outside. But the Bible says that you should, you should keep your heart because that is where the limitations are set. When the first black president, Obama, uh, President Obama, became a president, many people thought he could never be president. They said he's black. How would they vote? Blacks were just about 10%. But he didn't see himself that way. And there are people who see themselves as black, and so they are limited by their blackness. And they think that the problem is external, say systemic racism. Of course, if you believe in it, it will affect you. But there are people who have made, even when there was a lot of oppression, when, when there was no proclamation of, of, of blacks, some people were millionaires that were blacks. Go find them. So don't, don't blame anyone. In short, blame is one of the reasons why people don't make it. They have given somebody else the reason why they can't make it. That is an excuse for failure. Nobody has the right to stop you. Say louder, amen. amen. But those are not the areas I want to focus on today. One of, the, one of the signs of a broken heart is fear. Fear is not supposed to be a, among believers. God did not create Adam to fear. How many of you think Adam, the first Adam, before he fell, was afraid of lions? No. What was he afraid of? Was he afraid of death? No. Was he afraid of, of, of insects? There was nothing he was afraid of. So fear came as a result of the fall. So one of the signs of a broken heart is fear. If you are afraid, you need your heart fixed. One reason why many never step out of their 9 to 5 job is fear. How am I going to survive? One reason why many never step into businesses and, and take big, big, big projects is because of fear. 
They look at themselves, what can I do? How can I survive? One reason why many don't enter, you know, things that, that, that will, will help their lives the way they should is because of the restriction of fear. Many people who have paved the way are those who defiled what other people we are afraid of, what other people we are afraid of. First people who flew. Can you imagine flying in a bicycle with wings? That's the way the, the right brothers flew. And they take, took it to heights where people were afraid. Some said, you're just going to commit suicide. But they had something inside of them that told them that man was not supposed to be stuck on the earth because of gravity. That we have enough wisdom to divide gravity. And they kept walking on it until today, by sipping uh, apple cider and flying across the oceans and, and with her hand crossed and watching uh, Touch of Healing. But that's not the way it started. Some people had to defile fear, had to break the boundaries, had to go beyond other people's beliefs. But other people are enjoying it now. The question is, what are we individually, what are you and I doing to overcome the limitations that are left? We're going to have to fix our hearts and come out of fear. Bible says those who, by the, because of the fear of death, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. You can't afford to be afraid. Afraid of anything. You can't be afraid of the government. Somebody say hallelujah. It doesn't matter which party is in, in power. You have power over all devils who cast them out. They can't stop you from succeeding. Bible says greater is he that's what? That is in you than he that is in the world. So fear is a sign of, 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 of a broken heart. But one of the areas I have discovered is one of the most prominent signs of a broken heart is sadness, depression, discouragement. People carry sad faces. They just think it's normal. There's no joy, no excitement about life. That's a broken heart. Unfortunately, it seems to be more prevalent among young people today because they keep watching and sticking to social media. They don't even go out. They don't have real friends. They have 3,000 Facebook friends and zero real friends. That's depressing. That's depressing. That's sad. Many of them don't have any reason to be excited. They're afraid of the future. They, they feel their life is not, is not, is not defined. And, and because of some of those things, many hide in darkness. And the Bible says Jesus Christ came so that those who were in darkness will come out to light. So anyone who is discouraged, depressed, sitting by himself, hiding in darkness, is suffering from a broken heart. And I came to fix it this morning. Somebody say, hallelujah. You know, I'm a doctor, right? I have a doctorate degree. Praise God. I'm a doctor of theology. And theology can fix anything. The word of God can fix anything. So we came to fix broken hearts today. Praise God. I said, praise the Lord. But one of the major things about a broken heart is that it actually causes other forms of sicknesses and diseases. 
And with a broken heart, the body is not functioning right. Because the body gets its life from the spirit. People become susceptible to things like even COVID-19 because they are sad and discouraged. Joyful people are not susceptible to sickness and disease like depressed people. So this morning, we're going to have to deal with sadness and lack of joy. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures. First of all, let's let's look at Proverbs chapter number 4. We already looked at chapter 4. Let's look at chapter 18. Put it up in the Amplified. Proverbs 18 verse 14. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Bible says, The strong spirit of a man will sustain him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak, broken spirit who can raise up or bear. Some translation says that, that the spirit of a man will sustain him in infirmity, but a broken spirit who can bear. That means that the reason why people die when they are infected with sickness and disease is because they have a broken heart. If the man's spirit is strong, if he's, if he's bold on the inside, if he's joyful on the inside, if he has the life of God on the inside, no matter what sickness comes on him or against him, the Bible says his spirit will sustain him. We keep him out. We keep him alive. That's why some people, they, they, they contact diseases or, or sometimes things come upon them that, that the doctor says, there is no way. This is terminal. This is the end. Count your days. And years later, they are still there, getting better and stronger. Why? A man's spirit, his his spirit will sustain him. Will sustain him. I used to wonder why in some of those old movies, they would shoot the main actor seven times. And he would crawl to a hospital and get saved and get healed. But the villain, all they need to do is shoot once. And before the bullet gets to him, he's dead. Because it's not just about the bullets. There's something in the heart that will sustain a man. And there's something in the heart that will destroy the man. The man's spirit will sustain him even in trouble. But a broken spirit, there's no hope. There's no hope. So we are dealing with broken hearts this morning. We are are fixing it. Somebody say hallelujah. 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 I say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's also look at Proverbs 15, verse 13. Put the scriptures down. I'm going to read in a number of them. And I think that we will build the word of God to help us to come out of this. You know, so many times I've seen us, even in this church, trying to get people to rejoice. They do it one week, two weeks. And on the third week, their military face returns. (laughs) <laughs> but it's not because the, the, the challenge is not the external it's that something has not been fixed inside if it is fixed inside you won't need somebody to tell you to rejoice it will come from your spirit 
It's a broken heart. It's, it's a heart that has a, an issue. And we're going to have to take the word of God and renew our minds. So that you rejoice how often? Always, always, always. And again, you will rejoice. It, it has to come from a spirit of joy. So that's why, even if you're trying to repair your face, repair your face. If, if the heart has not been fixed right, the Spirit of God is not producing the joy. It will not be sustained. But if it comes from the Spirit, nothing on the external can change it. Even if there is trouble on the external, because it comes from the Spirit, it will stay. Nobody can steal your joy when it's a fruit of the Spirit. No one can steal it. It has to come from the Spirit. Proverbs 15, verse 13. It said, a glad heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. So we know how spirits get broken. By sorrow. If you stay sad enough, it will break your heart. And the Bible says, a glad heart would make what? A cheerful countenance. So if the countenance is not cheerful, where is it coming from? Come on, talk to me. From a heart. From a heart. He said a glad heart will make a cheerful countenance. So if you are trying to change your countenance, what do you do? You have to change your heart. You have to change your heart. If you change your heart, your countenance will change. Hallelujah. He said, but by sorrow, but by sorrow, sadness. He said, is the spirit broken? You know, I've read some of these verses before, but recently the Holy Ghost has been showing me again and again and again the importance of joy. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And he said, and if you fail in the day of adversity, he said, your strength is small. That means that if your joy is small, when you are faced with adversity, you will not survive. Because the sadness will break your spirit. But if you are joyful, no matter what comes against you, you will overcome it. Somebody say hallelujah. And that's why you have to maintain constantly a spirit of joy. A spirit of joy. The same Proverbs 15, just uh, skip to verse um, 13, uh, verse 15. Proverbs 15, 15. Hallelujah. He said, all the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart had a continuous feast. That means if your heart is merry, you're going to have a life of enjoyment. Somebody say hallelujah. Wow. For time, I'm going to have to organize this a little bit better and, and help, help, us, help us so that we can get it in, in, in bits. There are many benefits of joy. Somebody say amen. amen. One of the things that I, I, I began to study as I'm studying this, again, I'm studying this for myself. I'm only sharing from the overflow. The Bible tells us in Galatians 5 that the fruit of the Spirit is the first fruit he mentioned, or the first part, which many believe encompasses all, is love. Then the very next thing he mentions 
is joy, love, joy, peace. And it makes me begin to see that if you are going to walk in the spirit, if you are born again and you want to walk in the nature of the recreated human spirit, the first that you want to maintain is a heart of love, a heart that loves, an attitude of love. The very next is joy. Is joy. What Jesus came to restore, the very next thing after the love of God is the joy of love of God because the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's where power comes from. It's, it's actually the manifestation of your faith that produces joy. Now, let us look at some scriptures. I'm just going to let this scripture speak for itself. Open to Isaiah chapter number 35. Hallelujah. hallelujah. I say hallelujah. hallelujah. Glory be to God. It's a healing, healing service. Many people are going to be healed just by hearing the word of God. Amen. The Bible says he sent his word and word, healed them and delivered them from their oppression. So, you know, it's, it's young believers and sometimes people who have been strained in their faith because you can be a mature believer and, and stress yourself beyond you should, how you should. And people who need help that usually need people laying hands on them because sometimes you could be overwhelmed. But really, the way God wants us to live is to be sustained by the word of God. That you don't need someone to lay hands on you. Amen. And that's divine help. Isaiah chapter number 35. Let me start reading from verse 1. I'm going to read all the way to verse 10. It said, The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them. And the, the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice. He's saying the land will rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it, and the excellence of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Continue. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong. Turn to somebody say, be strong. Be strong. Say it like you mean it. Say, be strong. Be strong. And say, fear not. fear not. Say it again, be strong. Be strong. And, fear not. and fear not. You know, one of the ways you can tell when somebody is afraid is what? There's sadness. There's depression. So it says, be strong and fear not. So fear and all of these negative things are often manifested, they're often manifested in sadness and depression. It says, say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the, the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the desert. And the patched ground shall become a pool, and the tasty land springs of water. In the habitation of Dagons, where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. And a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, those fools 
shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, for the redeemed shall walk there. Verse 10. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and signing shall flee away. Somebody say hallelujah. So he's saying truth to those who are fearful, rejoice. Be strong. Don't be afraid. He says that when they begin to, to rejoice, he said the salvation of the Lord will come and then the, 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 the sick will be healed, the dumb will begin to seek, see, the blind will see, the lame will walk. He said because the, the redeemed will return to Zion with everlasting joy, complaining and sighing and, 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 and pointing a finger and worrying shall be done away with. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Open to Deuteronomy chapter number 28 verse 47. Hallelujah. We're going to look at a number of scriptures. I just want us to put this down, go back and look at it again. One of the reasons why many people actually are suffering is because they are suffering first from a broken heart. And with a broken heart, you can't receive from God. In short, the Bible says that if you don't serve God with gladness and joyfulness of heart, you're going to serve your enemies with sadness. Look at it here. So, joy is not an option for a believer. Amen. Praise God. So, he said, because thou servest not the Lord thy God, with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things, Next verse, he said, then, next verse, he said, therefore shall thou serve thy enemies which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things, and he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he has destroyed thee. Go back again to the, to the previous verse. Verse 47. He said, because. What's the meaning of because? This is the reason why people are going to be in bondage, a yoke of bondage upon their neck. They are going to be in lack. He said, because thou servest the Lord, thou, because thou servest not the Lord thy God, with joyfulness and with gladness of heart, for the abundance of all things, next verse again, he said, Therefore, thou shalt serve thy enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger, and in thirst, and in nakedness, and in want of all things, and he shall put a yoke upon thy neck until he had destroyed thee. So let me ask you, which one do you prefer? To serve the Lord with gladness or to serve the enemy? So let me hear some gladness. Praise the Lord! I said, praise the Lord. Glory be to God. So he's saying you have a choice. You either come to, to church, rejoice, dance, and laugh. Somebody say, hallelujah. He said, if you don't do that, what's going to happen? He said, you are going to serve your enemies. And you are going to have a yoke of bondage. You are going to be hungry. And you are going to be oppressed. 
So let me see some joy in the house this morning. Hey! Hey, ha ha! Someone say, I don't feel like rejoicing. You make yourself rejoice. You change your heart. You decide. And I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. Somebody say, Hallelujah! So when somebody says, Praise the Lord, what do you do? Hey, Hallelujah! I praise you, God. I rejoice in you. Oh, glory be to God. You come to church laughing. Ha, 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 ha. I say, ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. Hey, 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 hey. You are filled with joy. All right. Let's look at, let's look at Psalms chapter number 16. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We choose to serve God with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. You see, you don't even have to have the abundance in your hand yet. You know who he was talking to in this place? These people were in the desert. Everywhere they looked, it was dryness. And God says, because you are not serving me with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things, now you are going to serve your enemy. So people say, the reason why I'm sad, pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. God says you have to serve him with gladness by faith. You have to begin to rejoice in God. Then your desert will change. If you are waiting for your desert to change before you rejoice, it will never change. And so you start rejoicing in the midst of your challenges. Begin to praise God. Joy is the strength of the believer. That's how you win. Glory to God. Psalm chapter number 16. The Bible says, Thou shalt show me thy path of life. Verse 11. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, pleasures forevermore. In thy presence is fullness of joy. So if you see a man or a woman sad, where is that person? That means that God is saying anyone that is in his presence, we must have what? Fullness of joy. So one way to, to make sure that you carry the presence of God all the time is to operate in a heart of joy. Sadness takes you away from his presence. And, and some people don't see how serious it is. I know, you know, we see it, we read it, we talk about it. You see, one of the, the, the strategy of the enemy is to do things in people's life that steals their joy. Because he knows that when their joy is taken away, their strength is taken away, and their presence of God is, is diminished. They cannot experience God's presence. And so he does things to steal their joy. 
One of the ways he does is sickness and disease. People are in pain. Oh, people, people who are sick, you always see many times they are sad. Oh, no, I don't know why this thing came on me. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, if this has come again, oh, God, it's getting worse. What can I do? And they don't understand that because of that sadness, they are driving themselves closer and closer to the grave. So even if you have a pain, what are you going to do? Hallelujah! Glory be to God. Somebody say, well, you can't do that. It's just, you're just pain. The Bible says that's what you are supposed to do. He's telling people in the desert, you are not serving God with gladness. The Bible says in infirmity, he said the spirit of a man will sustain him. The Bible said that, that, that a merry heart is good medicine. So if you are sick and you are sad, you are killing yourself. So even if the doctor says three days left, what do you do? Say at least even if it's three days, I'm going to rejoice in this three days. Where should I be sad when I only have three days? And waste the three days. No one say hallelujah. If it's only one hand, you get a tambourine. Ah, God reign. Ah, God reign. Ah, God reign. And the Bible says when you begin to rejoice, God sets an ambushment against your enemies. We're going to have to develop an attitude of joy. Every day. Before you leave, when you go, the Bible says, when you look at the mirror, don't be looking at your head start. Look whether you are joyful or you are sad. Because the beauty of a person is not in the style of his head, but is in the condition of his heart. And if you look at yourself, you are not smiling, slap your face to smile. Why you want to get into trouble this morning? It says, rejoice in the Lord. Always. Always. I say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. So you have to learn to begin to rejoice always. Always. Isaiah chapter number 12. Glory to God. I say glory to God. I said, glory be to God. You should never be tired of rejoicing. In short, you should spend more time rejoicing and giving God praise than everything else. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing but prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Your thanksgiving should be longer than the prayer and supplication. Right? Because you know God is good. You know God is bigger than what you are faced with. You know God is your protection. So your thanksgiving should be longer than your supplication. Some people pray and beg God and cry for three hours. Then five minutes. Oh God, thank you. Thank you, Jesus' name. Isaiah chapter number 12. Short chapter. We'll read the whole chapter. And in that day, talking about the day of the new covenant, the day of when grace will be manifested, when Jesus will come, when people will believe God, he said, in, the, in that day, thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thy anger has turned away. Somebody say, Hallelujah. And thou confessest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. 
For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the well of salvation. You know, we've, we've mentioned the scripture before, but look at it again. What is salvation? Everything that Jesus has done, healing, prosperity, and all of that. The Bible says that the way to receive it is with joy. That means that salvation is there, but if you are not joyful, you are never going to get a manifestation of the healing that Jesus did for you. Because the way to receive salvation is with joy. Because you have to believe first. And if you believe, that's why he said, don't be afraid. If you believe God, one of the first manifestations of your faith is joy. And if joy is not there, you aren't going to get anything from the Lord. You can beg and cry and be sad and think God will see you and take pity. But you can't receive it because it is with joy that you receive from salvation. So if you want to be rich, what do you do? Hallelujah! Glory be to God! My God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. All things are working together for my good. They say, hey, 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 this is a new bill. Hallelujah! That also is paid for in the name of Jesus because all my needs are met. When you begin to rejoice in the Lord, he said, salvation will be drawn out for you. But if you look at it and say, oh my God, I've not even paid the last one. What is happening to me? There's a devil in this mailbox. When you start talking like that, you release darkness. And you don't know why it's getting worse. Because salvation is there, but you are not receiving from it. It's serious. Many Christians are by their wells and yet dying of thirst. Because they have a bad negative, sad attitude. And we have come to fix that this morning. Say hallelujah! I say hallelujah! Some of you need to wake up in the morning, look at yourself in the mirror and say, ha, ha, ha! Ha, ha, ha! Ha, ha, ha! And we just begin to dance. Miracles will begin to show up. Miracles will begin to show up. It's a broken heart that is sad. The right heart that is fixed is a joyful heart. It's a heart that is joyful, excited, and praising God. Somebody say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Yeah, glory to God. Isaiah chapter number 61. Somebody say hallelujah. Just going to have to rejoice. This is a year of rejoicing. That's how you walk in excellence. A sad face is not an excellent face. You're going to have to put some joy in it. How often are you supposed to rejoice? Always. 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 That's one of the things about the tabernacle of David. Is David discovered that God is more interested in a joyful heart that praises him than sacrifice of animals and bulls. And so instead of emphasizing on bulls and goats, he sent people to rejoice with instruments of praise and the presence of God filled the temple when they began to worship God. And worship is not just singing nice. 
It's not because, not just because their keys were in place. There was a joy in their heart towards God. Joy, 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 joy. Bible says God inhabits the praises of the people. Isaiah 61. This is where Jesus read from. Let's go back to the original rendering. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. Here, the meek is what was translated as poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. I check this word. In the Old Testament, the Isaiah said to bind up. That means to bandage. Jesus changed it. He said he didn't come to bandage. He came to heal. And the means heal means to cure, to, to restore it back to his original, not just to, 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 to bandage it. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. He said to proclaim liberty to the captive. If you, if, you, if you examine this word, the word captive there means to be taken prisoner in, in war. He said to those who have been taken prisoner in war, in the challenges of this world, they, are, they feel that they are, they are caught up, they are, they, are, they, are, they, are, they are confined, they are limited, they are prisoners in their own world. He said, I've come to set them free. Whatever it is that is holding you back, be released in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus has come to release you. He said to, 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 to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prisons to them that are bound. Two, he said to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. He said to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. I don't know why some people think that one of the best ways to worship God is crying. Now, they say there are tears of joy, but I, I really don't mix too much tears with joy. Praise God. No, there can be. But you see, there has been a mindset that, oh God, oh, we are warm in the dust. We have to come. But really, what God enjoys is a joyful container. He said, let us enter his prayer, his presence with thanksgiving into his cause with prayer. God would rather laugh, have you laughing in his presence than crying in his presence. Hallelujah. So next time you want to praise God and, and, and worship God, come with a laugh. Somebody say hallelujah. The Bible says when they got filled with the Holy Ghost, there were people who were drunk. They were not like, <laughs> no, they were laughing and rejoicing. That's how they could tell they were filled with the Holy Ghost. So, joy is the fruit of the Spirit. There is no fruit of the Spirit like sadness. Sadness is not. It's not from the Spirit. I said sadness is not from the Spirit. It's a serious work of the flesh. And we have to deal with it. We have to deal with it. One of the signs of a broken heart is a sad countenance. 
And I'm not just talking about just doing it when you come to church so the pastor won't preach this message again next week. I'm talking about... <laughs> I'm talking about you are going to have to decide that you are a joyful person. You renew your mind. You take the pictures that you took three months ago, six months ago. It's on your face, in your iPhone, or your phone. You know, right? Everybody takes them. So many people take selfies. Look at them. Am I really joyful? Can somebody see this and say, this is the joy of the Lord? And if not, you need to start renewing your mind. You say, Pastor, I, I, was, I just finished, finished, finished you know, rebuking my children. That's why I'm sad. When you come back, you should be smiling. Somebody say, hallelujah. This should not cause you to be sad. Nothing has the ability to make you sad. Right? So here he says that, he said, he said to an appoint, verse 3, upon them that mourn in Zion. So there are some people who are mourning in the church. They are in church, but they can't like mourn. There are sometimes when some people are just praying, I'm like, is this a funeral? Oh God, oh please, oh God, oh yo, 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 God. I'm like, is this a funeral? Jesus died, but he's not dead. He's alive! Even in funerals now, we rejoice. The lingers are strange. But we rejoice because we know where they've gone. We're not sad. The Bible says don't be sad like the rest of the world. Even in funerals. He said to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. That's why Jesus came. To give them beauty for ashes. Ashes was a, it was a sign of mourning. They used to put ashes upon their head. I heard somebody went with sackcloth and ashes when they were swearing the president. I'm not advocating that. The Bible says that those who are mourning in Zion, God says that he has come to give you beauty for ashes. And Oil of joy for mourning. One of the things Jesus came to do when he said the spirit of God is upon me is to bring an oil of joy. An oil of joy. Your face should be radiant with joy. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You can tell sometimes some people like the whole world is on their shoulder. Heavy, heavy. They can't move their hand. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, that's the way they praise God. Spirit of heaviness. But when you come into the house of God, they should be, you should put on the garments of praise. You should dance and rejoice. You should can't get an, an instrument and, and just praise God. That's what God enjoys. That's what, that's what the right heart would do. He said, the garments of praise for the spirit of heaven, that they might be called the trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord, that they may be glorified. Read the next verse. We may read one or two more verses. Again, that, and they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise up former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. Continue. And the strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of aliens shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. And but ye shall be named the priest of the Lord. Men shall call you ministers of God, and ye shall reach it the riches of the Gentiles, 
and in their glory shall you boast. Somebody say hallelujah. But all of this starts from where? Boy, from the oil of joy. For the spirit of heaven. He said if you don't serve the Lord with gladness of heart and joyfulness for the abundance of all things. He said you will serve your enemies with hunger and with thirst. You say, you don't understand, Pastor, I'm going through a lot. I'm trying to rejoice, but, but, but I, I try, I try. Let's look at Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter number three. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Habakkuk chapter number three, verse 18, quickly. Go up, verse 17. He said, although the fig tree shall not blossom. Neither shall fruit be in the vine. The labor of the olive shall fall. And the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold. And there shall be no head in the stock. How, how bad can things be? He said, yet. I said, yet. I want to hear it loud. I said, yet. He said, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my son. So there is no excuse to be sad. You lost your job. What should you do? Rejoice in the Lord. Somebody hit your car. What should you do? Rejoice in the Lord. You look at your bank account. There's no money there. What do you do? You rejoice in the Lord. The Bible says, no matter what is going on, he said, you, you rejoice. You rejoice. No matter what. So there is no excuse for sadness. The only reason for sadness is a broken heart. And a broken heart is an indication of faithlessness. Philippians chapter number four. I'm going to begin to round up. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. How many of you are going to rejoice always? How many of you are going to refuse to be sad? No matter what's going on. No matter what. No matter what. No matter what. You begin to just rejoice. And that's how you draw water. That's how you get your salvation. That's how help comes. Philippians chapter number 4 from verse 4. The Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always. He said, and again I say, rejoice. Continue. He said, let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Me, the Lord is with you. He said, be careful for how many things? Nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And a peace... The word, the meaning of the word peace means nothing missing, nothing broken. Freedom from all fears. That's what peace means. And the peace of God which passes human understanding will keep your hearts and your mind. So one way you avoid being broken hearted, you refuse to be anxious for anything. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, you make your request known. He said the peace of God that passes human understanding will guard your heart through Christ Jesus. Next verse. 
Continue. He said, finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Meaning that you have to control what you think so that you don't have a sad face. You have to have a joyful countenance all the time. You're going to have to control what you're thinking of. If somebody offends you and you're thinking about it and you're having sadness, what do you do? You have to renew your mind. Stop thinking about it. You have to think of those things that are pure. And that's why the word of God is so powerful because the word of God is pure, is good, is lovely, is praiseworthy. In short, the Bible said the word of God is sweeter than honey on the honeycomb. Let me just give you three points on how to maintain a joyful heart. And we close. One, you're going to have to spend time with God's word. The Bible says, great peace have those who love thy love. He said, and nothing shall offend them. You find many of this in Psalm 119. He said, the word have I desired more than my daily food. He said, it is sweeter to me than honey. If you are watching depressed channels, watching horror movies, listening to CNN, you will be sad. You will be sad. So you are going to have to exempt yourself from some of these things. I don't watch horror movies. Why, why would I try to get some fear? When the Bible says, fear not. And most of those things are lies. They make demons look big and they cut, slice people's neck and, and all that. Why would you want to fill your mind with those kind of stuff? And after watching it, you don't want to stay in the room by yourself. <laughs> Jesse Duplantis said you went to watch a, a black color movie when he was young and he was so afraid he couldn't stay in his room. And the parents said, go to your room, go to your room. And he said, no, I can't. The mom said, what is it why you're afraid? He said, no, I'm afraid of black color. He said, hey, plead the blood. He said, please don't plead the blood. Black color likes blood. <laughs> That's what people do because they have believed a lie. They are now afraid of the truth. The, the devil makes the devil look big in those, those, those horror movies. And people believe it. People are afraid of the devil. But the Bible says the devil has been defeated. And the reason why is because they are afraid. They have been lied to. And that's why you don't watch lying channels. Keep away from them. They are evil. You keep your mind on good things. Spend time in the world. Binge on the word of God. Listen to the word day and night. Bible says you make your way prosperous. You have good success. Your mind will be renewed. You will see things as they really are. Praise the Lord. Bible says you should rejoice at the word of God. As someone who has found great spoil. You take the word of God and you rejoice over it. The word of God will put joy in your heart. Amen. The second point is that you're going to have to take your eyes from everything else. Look unto Jesus, who is the word. You know, one of the things the enemy tries to do is to distract us, to make us begin to look at things and say, why is this not working? I mean, I mean, 
I'm married to this husband. Why is he not, not doing this? You know, I'm married to this wife. Why is he not cooking for me? And many people are looking for just a wife. The husband. husband, if he cooks or not. And you have one, you are complaining. If you grumble and complain, that which you have we may, may be taken away. That's what happened to the one who had one talent. The Bible says he was grumbling. You are an austere man. You didn't give me enough. I know you don't, you saw where you did not reap. I hid it. The Bible says, take it from him and give it to the one that has ten. Because he was grumbling and complaining. Grumbling and complaining is a sign of a broken heart. The heart is not working right. You should be, you should be appreciative of what God has given to you. I said, if you come out and your car has four tires and three of them are down, what do you do? You thank God for one. You say, what about pastor? If no four of them are, all four are down. You thank God for the windscreen that didn't get cracked. There's always something to rejoice about. Stop looking at the negative and rejoice about the good. Because that's the way to come out. Why did the children of Israel die in the desert? They were looking at the food they were eating, looking at the weather, looking at the sun, looking at their shoes, thinking about where they came from, complaining about the garlics. And God said, because you are grumbling and complaining and you are acting as grasshoppers, okay, be grasshoppers. The ones that said, we are available. God says the land belongs to us. Let us go. They saw the same things, but they had a different spirit. They entered. And the same reason why people are suffering today, some have a different spirit. Some have a broken heart. Their hearts are not working right. They are sad. They are complaining. They are grumbling. They are offended at everything. Why some are rejoicing? It looks like the ones that are rejoicing have no problem. Sometimes they have bigger problems. They are only rejoicing by faith. They are refusing to let those things distract them. They are focusing on what the word of God says. And that's the ones who enter the promise. Three, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Bible calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of joy. You can't be filled with the Holy Ghost and be sad at the same time. Bible calls him the oil of gladness. That's why the Bible says, be constantly filled. Let's look at that, Ephesians chapter number five. It said, singing, making melody in your heart, rejoicing. That's one of the ways you stay filled. The times you are grumbling, and you are complaining, the Holy Ghost level is going down. Your Holy Ghost gauge is depleting. Right? If the Bible says one way to stay filled is singing, making melody, rejoicing in your heart, the opposite will be the case. Verse, uh, Philippians, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter number 5, verse 18. And say, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excellence, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual song, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So you're going to have to speak to yourself. You don't need to talk about speaking one to another. He said to yourself. You have to begin to sing. In the time, many times when I'm in the shower, I sing, I rejoice, I just dance. He has rescued my life. He has rescued my life. And I'm never going back. My response is hallelujah. 
You are my redeemer. And I love, and many times when I'm singing this kind of song is when I'm faced with biggest challenges. The type that you want to just sit down and cry. But I just break out in a song. Because if you sit down and cry, does it improve it? No, it makes it worse. Makes it worse. So instead, you, re, you refuse to be sad and you rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And the Bible said the way you, speak, you, you, get, you stay filled with the Holy Ghost is by singing, making melody, making melody all the time in your heart. Rejoicing in the Lord always. One last point, and many of these I would have liked to elaborate on, but we are time. The Bible tells us in, in chapter number 10, of Luke, verse 17, Jesus Christ said, don't even just rejoice in all these things. He said, but rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. That should keep you rejoicing always. Always. There's nothing that should make you sad. When your name is in the book of life, you know that the presence of God is your destination always. There's nothing that should make you sad. He said, rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. And so all the time you should rejoice. We should rejoice. Let's just sing it. Let's just read the Psalm 100 and we'll pray and take communion. You know, if your heart gets fixed, sickness would leave. Somebody say hallelujah. The Bible says that the merry heart is good medicine. So one reason why many are sick is because their hearts are not merry. They are sad. They are discouraged. They are depressed. Depression is an onslaught of the enemy. And I think, unfortunately, it has been released against the youth today. And like I said, one of the reasons is because of what they are looking at. Uh, they, are looks, they are staring so much on negative things. An average child by the time he's 10 has seen thousands of mothers, thousands of accidents. Negative things are being fed to their minds. So their hearts have been, been, been crushed. And that's why we need to spend time in the Word of God. The Word of God builds you up again and enables you to have a good heart. Psalm 110, Psalm 100, just one, oh, oh, Psalm 100. Read the whole chapter, we'll take our communion. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. How often should you rejoice? Always. He said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye land. Let me hear you practice that. You know, the Bible says noise. It doesn't have to align with anybody's uh, standard. Again, make a joyful noise. Hey! 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 Amen. Verse 2. He said, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us. Amen. And not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Hallelujah. For the Lord is good and his mercy 
is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Can you make a joyful noise? Hey, hallelujah! 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 Glory be to God! I need some more rejoicing in the heart. Glory be to God! The Bible said, come before him rejoicing. Father, we give you praise. We rejoice. We choose to be joyful. Thank you, Lord. We put aside the heaviness. We put aside the pain, the complaining, the worries. We look unto you, the author and the finisher of our faith. And we live a life of thankfulness, of joy, a life of praise. No more sadness. No more sadness. No more grumbling. No more. No more. Every day we choose to rejoice. And yet, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so we are stronger than our enemies. We are stronger than sickness and disease. We are stronger than challenges of finances. We are stronger than marital challenges. We are stronger than challenges that come from children. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. No one is strong enough, big enough to steal our joy. To make us sad. To make us hide. To make us go into a dark place and cover ourselves. But instead, we will arise always and rejoice in you. We will talk about your goodness. You said it is by the acknowledgement of all your good things that we make our faith effectual. So we begin to talk about the things you have done. How you delivered us from darkness. How you brought us to the wealthy place. How you supply all our needs. How you heal all our diseases and remove us from every kind of destruction. We are not afraid with what they are afraid of. We are not sad because of anything that is going on around us. You said with our ears we will hear the destruction. And with our eyes we will see the reward of the wicked. You said we shall not come nigh our dwelling. You said a thousand may fall at our side. Ten thousand by our right side. It shall not come by near our dwelling. Why? Because we set you the most high as our habitation. We spend our time rejoicing in your presence. We thank you for who you are and for what you have done. And with joy, we draw healing. With joy, we draw prosperity. With joy, we receive protection. With joy, we receive everything that you prepared for us in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. And as we take our, 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 our communion this morning, we remember what you have done. We receive it with thankfulness. That our names are written in the book of life. That sickness and disease have no dominion over us. And we will rejoice always, always, always. And again, we will rejoice. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Make a joyful noise. Hallelujah. We trust that you are blessed by the message. To listen and hear more, catch us at 1130 on Sunday mornings on YouTube or Facebook at Love Foundation Christian Center. If you have any additional questions or just want to learn more about the church, feel free to contact us at lovefoundcc at gmail.com or visit our website at lovefoundationusa.org. Thanks for listening.